Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed forever to download and listen to. Joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And today, hopefully, the audio quality is a bit better than the last episode. Not because I'm not happy that we recorded the last episode, but we did do it in a... Uh, it was in a hotel room, wasn't it? In a hotel it? room with, with a, uh, yeah. not great mic set up. Well, the mic set up, that's actually a really good mic if you just want to put a mic on your, you know, GoPro or iPhone or something and walk around and record stuff. Not really, It's not really uh, vocal mics. And now we're yeah. back. Now and especially with two people. Yeah, two people <laughs> sharing one, like like having a mic pointed halfway between them. Anyway, yeah. we're back in our, uh, we're back at home. Yeah. We're in the office. We could call it the studio, but it's not a studio. It's just the office. And yes. we've got two microphones set yeah. up here. But we're in the podcast studio. The sun is shining in. Yeah. And now also the uh, the season is so far, far ahead. Yeah. That now if the sun is shining, we, we have a south facing office. Oh, yeah. So if the sun comes across, it's high enough that it doesn't yeah, just it's not shine in into eyes. my face. So, yes. Uh, so, yeah, even even though it's uh, yeah coming up to 11 o'clock in the morning, we don't have to worry about that. Anyway, no. I just want to say... Thanks to all our Patreon supporters, because I haven't done this for a while. Okay. I normally just mention at the end, oh, we've got a Patreon. But quite a few of our Patreon supporters, which normally this kind of stuff is for all our juggling things. We've been away at the, this is the trip that we did when we listened to this audio, but we went to the British Juggling Convention. We did. And we did some holidaying on the way home. If you want to, uh, if you want to see um, lots of flower pictures, you should be following <laughs> Juliana on Instagram. So you should check out yeah. Instagram at J-U-K-U Berlin. Yeah. Um, on Instagram. I'm Luke Burridge at Instagram. Anyway, uh, this is the stuff we normally do at the end of the podcast. I'm just bringing it up here. That's great for and, everybody uh, to listen to. And yeah, so it was great that all our Patreon supporters kind of funded, one well, didn't fund the trip. I was paid by the British Juggling Convention to perform there and do stuff. But yeah. also it makes it so handy that our Patreon supporters could help me like fund the development of the show that I did there. And this is now going to become part, like parts of it are going to become a future show, juggling shows yeah. that I can keep performing. And I'm performing uh, in the future again as well. Ooh. Um, well, you say ooh, you know where I'm performing. Ah, oh, but people um, don't know. I'm the representative of the people. Oh, you're the, the uh, you're the audience proxy. So anyway, <laughs> I just want to say thank you to our Patreon supporters, and if you want to support, like again, my juggling stuff, but also the science fiction book review podcast. You know, the, the books the, we read. Yeah, the books we read. You know, like I've got an Audible subscription, and you know, I I always consider like you know, like Patreon is kind of paying for that. If you know, you know what I mean, that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Like I I consider all of our media output being paid for or so at least subsidized by Patreon. Yeah. So um. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to also support the the SFBRP and our podcast and make sure this keeps happening, although we have been doing it now for almost fifteen years, it so probably uh, keeps happening. It's probably going to keep <laughs> happening, but it's it's very nice to have messages from the Patreon supporters. So go over to patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. It's not like SFBRP because it's a this it's it's like a catch all Patreon for all of um I'd say my but actually our creative endeavors, the yes. podcast, the videos, uh, the workshops, fight night combat, all of the other stuff I do, the music stuff, all goes uh, or kind of all goes through there um so yeah and you can follow me on instagram as well yes at luke burridge and also on mastodon i can't remember the links so you have to just look in the podcast description uh the links are in there so you can see our usernames of yeah all on, the socials on all the socials <laughs> but really patreon.com and uh, by the european juggling convention we're gonna see if we can get to um what was it what we did last year oh we wanted uh, to get to 100 patreon supporters and then we'll do daily vlogs again yeah not, something like that maybe sfbrp listeners aren't interested but we are going to put in a goal in place for for yeah. august for the european juggling convention um so yeah on our way we drove from berlin to kent ramsgate uh, a town in the very south of england which is very handy to get to because you, yeah. you come off the euro tunnel you get off 
off the train. You, you you take your car on a train and you go underneath the English Channel, pop out from France on the, onto England, and Ramsgate's like a forty minute drive away. Yeah, very super handy. handy yeah. Super handy. But we wanted a, an audiobook that we could listen to on the way there and on the way back. Yes. And I know from experience. <gasps> oh, what's happened? Something just. Oh, it just moved. Yeah, I was moving oh, stuff around the office. I'm so jumpy. <laughs> There's a very small noise next to Juliana. And... <laughs> yeah, it's like just some juggling because I was just down. moving stuff. I'm making, uh, I was making stuff here for you to do. So obviously, it just something rearranged itself slightly. So I always think, ah, oh, we've got a, a long journey. We've yes. got like, what is it to get there? Like nine hours to drive from Berlin to Calais, and another nine hours back. And but we split it into two days of both times. So I'm always thinking, yes. oh, we've got lots of stuff. Plus, I'll maybe visit, like maybe listen to a podcast, and we'll listen to a bit of music, and we're gonna yeah. chat. Yeah. But that still leaves, you know, eight, that's that's in total 18 hours worth of driving. So I'm looking at audiobooks and I always think, oh, 18. And I need to I always need to tone it down. Like yeah. what we need to do is a, is like a six or seven hour audiobook. So I was looking through different things. I was like, oh, maybe this one in my library, maybe this one in my wish list. And then I found one which is like, oh, OK, let's do this one. The Naked Sun, the robot series, book number two by Isaac Asimov, seven hours and 41 minutes. And I'm like, we could do this. We could do Good this length. In, yeah. in, in 18 hours of driving we can get through seven hours and 40 because you think oh that's you get through it easy but no it, it, i can get it like if i'm driving by myself yeah i'll put on an audiobook and listen but it's actually kind of tiring to do that and one of us yeah. has to be sleeping half the time yes. or certainly on the way home yeah maybe not half the time but you know but it, as it, soon as you get the break from driving yes. you should get some sleep yeah, because as then soon as I, need, that's, and that's yeah. what happened like we, we were listening to the audiobook i stopped driving we switched places i sit down 10 minutes later i'm asleep and then yes. juliana's sort of like oh i paused the book because you did and then we got to we go back and find yeah. it so yeah. Uh, so yeah i thought that this was good. and we actually made it work we finished like by the time we're like all oh, right we've got three hours of the audiobook yeah. and we've got three hours and 20 minutes worth of driving so it was perfect timing it, it was well we made it perfect <laughs> yes. timing like by the time i'm like oh no no we've got to stop listening to these other podcasts and music like if we want to finish this book by the time on this one trip so like what do we we have done this before when we had like 30 minutes of an audiobook left and we just had to kind of sit down on the couch and the between the two of us and just like listen to the half, yeah. last half hour yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this is a weird way to listen to an audiobook just or sitting on the even, couch or even then uh, if it was just like the last five minutes or something we keep like we arrive by car and mm. we sit in the car keep listening to the audiobook until it's the last five minutes and uh, yeah. that is weird and so as soon as we finish Juliana's like right and she starts talking about it. I was like no no wait when we Aww. get home we're going to do a podcast of course we got home on like uh, Sunday or whenever it was uh, Saturday. Saturday evening yeah. mm. so and now it's Saturday. Oh, so it's, it's been a week before, yeah. but you know, we were doing lots of stuff because we've been away for two weeks. Juliana did go work. I had to do work. Mm. I've been catching up with lots of stuff, and this was just another thing. Uh, meanwhile, Juliana's sort of like, "Oh, the book," and I was like, "Are we just doing the podcast now? Like, uh, no, it's not. Not are we doing the podcast now? Like, do you want to do the podcast now? But like, are you going to now talk to me about something in this book?" which it would be better if we just cover it in the podcast and you tell it to me the first time then rather than us having to remember what we talked about in a conversation three days ago. Yes, I know. Oh, so it's so hard. <laughs> I am now going to take a step back and I'm going to pass this over to you oh. and you can now, I mean, it's a it's an Isaac Asimov robot book. It's a murder mystery. Yeah. The, the, the people from the first two books or the characters from the first two book, Detective Elijah Bailey from Earth, he solved a, a, a mystery. It's like a murder mystery in the Caves of Steel, which is the first robot book. Yeah, and now him and uh, Daniel uh, R. Daniel Olivor 
um, who's a ro- his robot assistant in that one, uh, are going to solve another uh, another uh, uh, crime. There's been a murder on one of the outer worlds, one of the outer planets, and they go there and they it's a murder mystery and they start solving stuff. So anyway, that's the that's the uh, that's the when is it set? Like two hundred. 400 years in the future whatever it is like many years in the future yes and now over to Juliana for her to tell me the things that she was going to tell me in the car and on the couch and in uh, when we were walking the other day go I tried to remember all the impulses I had when I had thoughts about it but let me first start with um when we started listening to this I had this like tickle in the back of my head thinking like I um, did I um, no I don't know I don't remember anyway so we listened to the book and uh, now a week later I actually managed to get uh, have a look at Goodreads and yes I of course I did read this book back in 2012 why do you say of course because this is obviously it feels very much like a book that you would recommend to me or a book that uh, I would uh, get onto. And I do remember that I did read The Caves of Steel. Yeah. And that's just the natural continuation. And it is another murder mystery or, or how on the Internet is called Who Done It? Who Done It? Yeah. Uh, Who Done It? And um, it fits my my interests, my uh, style of books I like. And so it would have been very strange if that wouldn't have come up earlier. And yes, it had come up earlier. And so I looked at it on Goodreads. I gave it some rating. I didn't give it a review. Um, But by my rating, I could tell that I enjoyed it then in 2012. Yeah. Now, and now is the, the big important bit that this book impacted me so much more than in, in 2012. Um, in you know, when I read it the first time, it was a fun murder mystery, yeah. some fun world settings, some fun ideas about societies on Earth and in somewhere else. Yeah. People have spread out and, you know, some interesting um, explorations of societarian changes yeah. and stuff. Now, Societal in, in, in 10 years ago, or no, yeah. 11 years ago, uh, we already had like we had Skype and text messages okay, and emails. Before we and get stuff. into this, before we get into this, what? Let me just say, uh, just when you were saying you read it before, it's a kind of book that I would recommend to you. Yeah. Like before we get into the like major themes of the book and the ideas oh, okay. of the book. Uh, yes, because at the time you were reading lots of criminal books or crime books or yeah. like mystery books, and yeah. you you still do read some of those things. Is it uh, is the Maisie Dobbs books? They're murder mysteries, are they? Or what? Yeah, what yeah. Are they it's kind like of? about solving. Yeah, yeah. So solving crimes. So that's yeah. why I would have said, hey, read Caves of Steel. It's a fun murder mystery. Yeah. It's some classic science fiction introduced to the ro- laws of robotics and all that yeah. kind of stuff um so yeah and uh, i haven't actually i was gonna say i've not reviewed that much science fiction by Isaac asimov yeah. on, on the podcast here but we did review the caves of steel we reviewed that again in 2017 i guess i read it again okay um 2012 end of eternity uh, end of eternity uh 2014 i reviewed the gods themselves okay um and i thought oh i've read more than that but actually in our special episode 500 book yeah uh, episode i talked about the first science fiction uh story that i read yes. and it was isaac asimov uh and uh, it's such a beautiful day yeah and i thought well didn't i re- i read the short story collection you remember i was like reading yeah, the short yeah. story collection i was like when did i talk about that 
And it turns out I didn't do an episode about the short story collection, <laughs> even okay. though it's like sitting here, like in this robot series, there's iRobot. Uh, uh, oh, no, let's have a look at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. iRobot, the rest of the robots, the complete robot, robot dreams and robot visions. I I read those ones <laughs> just recently and I didn't do a podcast about it because I, I think I must have just included it in the episode 500. Oh, I see. Discussion. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, um, robot visions. Little yeah. So I read Robot Dreams recently. Uh, it doesn't actually say which ep- which stuff's there. I get, I think it was just uh, uh, part of the Audible Free Library, or maybe in the library app or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So that's why Isaac Asimov was on my mind recently because I I talked about this in episode five hundred, mm-hmm. and we're only up to episode five hundred and fifteen or so five hundred and fourteen now as well. So yeah. not that long ago. But it's interesting that I just clicked on the episode lists on the SFBLP and I was like, where's this? Where, Half is missing. <laughs> where, where's Robot Dreams? It's right here. And no, uh, Robot Dreams it isn't there. Uh, anyway, so I just wanted to mention that, like, again, the reason we're reading this and the reason I told you to read it first is because it is a murder mystery it was sort yeah, of like a it's a, a good combination of science fiction and murder mystery anyway yeah. so so um before we get into that in a bit more in depth okay into that theme let me yeah. just go a tiny bit more into what the book is right in, it, like you say there's this interplay of different societal changes on earth everyone lives in underground or in our colleges uh, with no windows because that we've destroyed the planet's atmosphere yeah. uh, so everyone has to everyone has to go indoors yes and that's very comfortable there's one time zone for everybody because mm-hmm. everyone there's no like where the sun is doesn't matter nobody goes outside this is explored quite a bit yeah or it's kind of mentioned it's it's there are plot reasons for it to come up in the caves of steel yes and caves of steel that's you know it's right there in the name everyone's very safe in there yeah and there's not a lot of exposure to robots or the sun yeah and also it's like the the whole society um because of this they are underground all the time no exposure to the outside or yeah anything they have this kind of societarian agoraphobia like when the, you say societarian like, you say societal like yeah, yeah. Societal, societal probably in societal an l at the end societal societal okay Maybe. everybody in the society um grows up with an agoraphobia that they don't recognize as such because it's normal <laughs> um it is like uh the way that you grow up and you it's not questioned that's just you feel comfortable it's nothing that they themselves re, uh, see as a phobia it is something that they feel comfortable in yeah that's the way you know they grew up and everybody is like that and there's just no question about it so um that's just what i wanted to say yeah. about this uh, way of yeah yeah that is just a norm and it's uh okay how it is but there isn't just one of those in this book. There's opposite ones in this book. Because yeah. if Earth, everyone lives underground and everyone's crammed up close together yeah. and there are no robots and everyone dislikes the sun, yeah. on the plan- uh, the place where this all takes place, because he goes off to Solaria and everyone there... No, on the naked sun. In, in the naked sun. Yes. It's yeah. the opposite. So you get someone who doesn't... who uh, doesn't Like, no, no robots... Or very few robots on Earth. Yeah. Everyone lives clumped up together. Mm-hmm. And, underground. And everyone's underground. Yeah. And then you go to Solaria. Everyone lives out in the open, goes for walks all the time. But everyone's got their own home. Nobody sees each other. There's robots everywhere. Yeah. And so it's literally... It's the two opposite... The two 
opposite possible ends of a spectrum yes. in terms of never seeing each other in person and being surrounded by robots and being looked after all the time yeah. versus seeing everyone all the time, not being looked after by robots, having to do everything yourself and also never seeing the sun. Never uh, going outside. And never going outside yeah. and the clocks are different and everything like yeah. that. So. But also, it's not only that, but it is also how the way that this, the people... Uh, uh, see that like how they perceive this kind of style of living everybody on the either planet on earth or solaria yeah feel like that is t totally normal and everything else is abnormal and weird yeah i think this is one of the worst parts of the book okay because that isn't how humans work right except for Possibly if they are self-selected humans mm. or eugenically selected humans. Now, of course, mm -hmm. there is eugenics in this book because there's the gene, the gene farm and stuff. Holy, like that. all about Solaria is very yeah, much yeah, yeah. About everyone that. like everyone has the genes has to match. They, you know, they match up. There's like it, it it's like arranged marriages, but yeah. arranged due to like everyone's equal, but everyone is like you know in a box and they stay there and stuff. Here's the thing: humans just don't work that way. Okay. Like it just that just isn't how it works. Like there is no version of humanity where humans are still humans yeah. where this it, it makes any sense at all. And this you know this can be done in the uh, what what's the one with the was it Isaac Asimov with oh I should just have a look at him. Uh, is it the gods themselves? No, it's not the gods themselves. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of another one, but um, it's Arthur C. Clarke's The the City and the Stars. Yes. And everyone lives there. And as you go through, you just assume that at the start, you're like, oh, everyone here is a human. And then there's one person who's different. Like, why is he different and stuff? But then as you go on, you're like, oh, these aren't humans. They've all got like like synthetic bodies and there's just minds being loaded and loaded into bodies. Yeah. And they're trying to get through eternity. And, and as you go through, you're like, oh, these aren't humans. The reason why the society works this way with nobody acting like humans is because they're not humans. Yeah. Yeah. They've slowly replaced all the human parts of themselves for, for like ways that they can just keep the society working. Yeah. And it's only when you get out of out and you're sort of like, oh, some real humans over here, you know. Yeah. And this book, it like Caves of Steel seemed fine because it felt like imposed. Like you can't go outside because like... External it, factors. External factors. <laughs> like it's really yeah. shitty out there. Yeah. If you go out there, you just get... Because like we've t stripped all the ozone. So it's sort of like, yeah, like it's like a learned behavior mm -hmm. in many ways. Like, like as you say, societarian. I looked it up. Societarian is, uh, is a word. It's... Um, it's an archaic, archaic archaic word and societal is what the word is. Okay. So yeah, it is a word. It is a word, but it, okay. it's it's not a, a I guess a I've read word. too many old books. Yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Again, it's, uh, I, I didn't want to say, but it just seemed, I was thinking, is this a word that, I'm, that you're saying something that yeah. I'm misunderstanding? No, it, it means societal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on that level, there are these things which society goes along with, you mm. know, and rule sets that people go along with. But almost by definition, there are going to be, you know, the the 2%, the 5%, the 10%, even the 20% of people yeah. who don't like that rules and just go against them and feel uncomfortable in there. Yeah. And even if they go along with it anyway, they exist yes. and people know about them. Yes. And that means that when there's a murder mystery based on like 
how people act in society and people like well of course they won't do that of course they're never going to go outside or like in this case of course then in in um on solaria nobody ever sees each other like yeah. actually sees anyone in person and everyone talks to each other um over they these view yeah they view other. them they yeah. view them by these 3d zoom calls or whatever you want to say skype calls facetime calls <laughs> like 3d environments and stuff yeah, like, it's like that. holographic yeah which projections. I, I, I love all that technology yeah there isn't a world where genuine humans exist where people won't get together and fuck. That's going to happen. There isn't a world where people aren't fucking all the time. Yeah, but that is exactly what he's implying with all that, is well, that these people exist very much so. No, 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 no. Yes, they, like, some people can exist and there could be a self-selected society on another planet yeah. where that exists. By definition, humans aren't all like that. And there is one person in the book who is fine with seeing other people and being in the presence of other people. Yeah. You know, but again, it how absolute it is makes it feel like a writing exercise which is fake to make a murder mystery work if you know what i mean like it mm. the, like it, it none of the human characters are believable that they can't even consider that somebody isn't like them if you know what i mean like they it's fine that they can say oh we have no police here because there's no crime and you're like yeah that's what everyone says but of course people are like people are going around and there is crime and it's sort of like no the the murder mystery only works as a murder mystery and this book only works as a book if you discard in e that the 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 minority in every population which doesn't follow the rules yeah. and we know that because again everyone has to do Skype calls and stuff like that even at the threat of actually no there's a deadly pandemic going around everyone shouldn't be seeing each other and everyone should stay inside and do this kind of stuff yes you may disagree with them and you may not like it yes. but humanity will get together and have parties where everyone's breathing the same air a month into lockdown when everybody else is like locking down yep. and there'll be someone like and people can't go to funerals of loved ones and all this other kind of stuff like there might be the majority but you can't say that literally nobody will ever get yes. together and have a party um during a lockdown or something like that i understand your criticism there And I think the amount of people that we're talking about here, like here they say on Solaria, it's 20,000 people. And that that number is held constant by yeah. different kinds of, uh, uh, you know, birth control and all these kind of like things. They yeah. keep it constant, a, co yeah. a constant number. And I think that, yes, in a, in a cohort of 20,000 people, you're gonna have... 5,000 who won't follow this, these rules. No, no, it doesn't even have to be that. It could have been in the last 400 years of this society, one person. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes. have they run it so perfectly that everyone's selected and everyone's upbringing and everyone's programmed and everyone to do that, that this is in the 400 years of this planet, this has never happened before to the point where nobody could ever consider it. And I'm like, that's just not how humans work. Humanity works. History works. Memory works. Society works. Like, nothing works that way. I understand But also he is explaining all these things by by telling us that, first of all, um, these things had happened in the past on that planet. But because because this is like generations of um, breeding these people like in these fetal farms and then having them bring, being brought up in a certain way, 
like to get out of what a society ingrains into you as a child mm -hmm. is not easy for everyone or like if you have a, a, a big group of people yeah, to you, then yeah i know i know what you're saying you're talking diverting. past my point like you saying this doesn't discount the facts that i found this all of this murder mystery quite unsatisfying due to me just going humanity isn't like, like this isn't how humans work like it feels like a logic puzzle like if humans worked this way this is how a logic puzzle could work if they work this way but the whole premise of it is that one person is standing out and they don't work that way yeah and i'm like is this the story it, it feels artificial that this is the story about the first person in 400 years who has ever not gone along with the society in this way so much so yeah. that there's now a murder mystery involved and there's never been someone who does anything which doesn't fit in society which results in something which isn't a murder and yeah. that also they need to learn something about themselves yeah. about you know yeah. well i think that is for me yeah the strong bit about this book is because and yeah, I'm coming back to my uh, starting point when yeah. I said when I read it in uh, 2012. Right. I was oblivious to lots of things that now, with the experience that I had for the in the last three years, right, actually do show me what you actually what you just said is that humans don't act in in way that I thought people would. Right. And and um, maybe I I was a bit. Uh, um, naive or disappointed <laughs> what about when about when the lockdown people, happens how and... people react in certain ways but no of course it's not a surprise that that, that there will be a, a substantial amount of people yeah. not not following because reasons whatever reasons they have yeah and whatever reasons they come up with um and um people will act different to what i would would how i act yeah. and how i what i would consider uh, reasonable yeah I think what this book contains, I don't mind those logic things when, or, you know, this sort of like non-human ways of acting if it's in a short story. Mm. Like, that's why I actually liked It's Such a Beautiful Day so much. Yeah. It's because it's an exploration of a kid mm. learning about the world and going outside. Yeah. And But it isn't sort of like nobody goes outside. Everyone uses the doors to get between, you know, because the repair person turns up and they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And then they even say, oh, in different parts of the world, you, they've never even heard of a door. You know, yeah. they, they've never even seen a door, you know, these teleporting portal doors yes. kind of things, yes. you know. it's So it's... It's like that's fine because it's it's like a, a a brisk exploration of the world and it's about you know in actually in that case as we talked about in that episode 500 yeah. it's a story about urban sprawl and car dependence rather than anything you know it's not about like that book is about car dependent urban sprawl yeah and exclusionary zoning and only rich people are allowed to live here and black people have to go and live down in the in the slums yes. in wherever it is you know but that, i'm sorry okay Anyway, so that's what that book is about. But because it's it's contained in a short story, yeah. it feels like a short story, a, a short story character study, or even a short story mystery story. It's fine to have that because I always go, oh, it's it's a sketch, you know. Yes. In a sketch, but here it's sort of like a kind of a deep dive into it. You know, you're a novel length deep dive into a society. Yeah. 
at every point we bumped up against sort of like, well, don't they, haven't they ever heard of? And there's literally conversations in this book where I'm like, have you ever read a book about Earth? And I'm like, that's not how humans work. Like, people are just curious. Like, humans are curious about how the other side lives, you know? Yeah. Like, there's document, like, one of the, the most popular forms of entertainment is like travel documentaries and, you know, mm. Michael Palin going here and there and nature documentaries. And like, humans have an insatiable desire just to see how other people and other societies and other things how other people live you know and there's just culture crossover and this is a book which says people on this planet have maybe you have to ask them if they've ever read well they say view a book or is it screen a novel and it's like these novel tapes or whatever yeah like a paper thing it's like asking someone just to be clear in the modern world have you ever seen a movie which isn't like we live in Berlin, say, yeah. have you ever seen a movie that wasn't set in Berlin? And that's a genuine question that people have to ask other people for the, for this story to make sense. Yes. And when he arrives there, he doesn't know. It's sort of like, have you ever even heard of this planet? And he's sort of like, oh, no, I never really do it. And he doesn't do any research. He just goes, dives straight in and discovers that, you know, nobody here ever sees anyone. And I'm like, that's not how humans work. Like, yes. But, Humans have curiosity. Okay, well, the one character did do more and more or less extensive research or interest in Earth. Yes. Yeah, and the and the other one who kind of like his his given role, his self given role was to be a society sociologist. Sociologist. Yeah. Uh, he also did that, but from his ingrained view of superiority. Yeah. And I think this is a very big factor in this book, is that in the same way that there were in the... Um, uh, what's the other book that you just referred to? The the outside... The, it's the such boy. a beautiful day. It's such a beautiful day. The way we have a, like a tiny sketch of something yeah. is that if you have a group of people who are being brought up to feel we are superior and the way of living how we live is superior to other people that has a huge impact and yeah you're shaking i'm shaking my head because being superior to people only works if you see the other people who you're being superior to that's how racism works in that way is that there's an in-group and an out-group you have to know that the out-group exists for you to feel superior above them i heard this funny joke uh, or this you know this throwaway comment in a podcast the other day can't remember which podcast oh no it was on the omnibus podcast but it was an episode that we didn't listen to on the car yeah and um and John talking to Ken, he says, oh, yeah, my my mother was from a part of Ohio. And, you know, you'd think that they were really um, anti-Semitic there. But there was just there. It wasn't that there was no Jews there. It's just that they didn't even ever consider that any Jews might ever visit or be close. So they were racist against Catholics instead. And it's oh. one of those fun. It's one of those things that like the, the way that it, the, the way that the like racism works is that you can't be racist about people that you don't know anything about and have never met and don't have any interest about, if you know what I mean. You can't feel superior to people who you don't know exist. Yes. Okay. Two points. First of all, you just yeah. said anti-Semantic. Anti-Semitic is what I meant to say. I understood. Okay. Yes. But on Solaria, children are being brought up. The child is being taught this is an earth man and they are dirty and like they, they are No, that was the one thing things. in the book that happened right then. That had never happened before. People yep. don't know about earth people. 
but they are being told. They they are brought up with they 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 get the the, yeah. the ingrained okay. things of that you know the other worlds. They are dirty and okay. germs and all just these so things. Just you know, just yeah. you know, you're now defending a book which doesn't need defending. No, I'm not defending anything. I, you I'm just... you're explaining how this book works for you, or you're saying it, yeah, it works for me. In the same way that you explain how it works for you. This book didn't work for me. Okay. And again, it's because nobody. I I can't believe any group of twenty thousand people in the world ever, where again it's just like this kind of thing. Like I don't believe any group of any amount of this people could ever be as uncurious as these people are about like history, humanity, anything at all. Like it doesn't matter how pampered people are or how uh, almighty they think themselves are and how old you know. (laughs) There's literally people in this book which are like three hundred years old, and they have to be asked, "Have you?" ever heard of this other planet or have you do you understand that other people from other places might act different to you and it just it boggles my mind that like major clues and major parts of this murder mystery again i don't want to get into any spoilers or anything like how you know it can be this way or that way Mm. or who murdered or whatever i'm just saying like it didn't hold together for me in a way which i found satisfying because the humans weren't humans like it's it's yeah. like it's like okay let's set up this mathematical problem if this if this if this if this if this yeah. if this if this and yeah. if this yeah. then this yeah and even then i'm like no that can't be right and of course at the end of the book it's revealed actually no that wasn't quite right and there's a, there's a few little twists at the end to yes. explain away like of oh course. there's a plot hole here and it's like oh no it's not a plot hole yeah. this well let's explain this explain this explain this with some like post you, you know, after the Agatha Christie, yeah, I get everyone in the, gets room, in the room like that. After that's all done, and I'm like, hmm, really? And then yeah. afterwards, you're like, oh, actually, not quite really. Yes. Here's some other facts. Here's some other clues. Here's some other things that they picked yeah. up on. Yes. Um, so it's ex- everything's explained away, except for the fact that humans don't work this way. Like, yes. And even like again, it's not. It, it's one of those things that sure they've been selected, sure they've been bred, sure they've been taught. Yeah. Everything's like been beaten into them, or not even beaten into them. They've been selected that yes. way, but. After all of that, this is the first time in 400 years when anyone has even slightly trans- transgressed those borders or those any any borders at all. Yeah, that... it, it doesn't make it, that's the thing. It didn't feel real to me. You know, yes. that all of those problems should have been sorted out ages and ages ago and there should be a manual for it. If you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's many different ways this happens, you know. In in fact, part of this is like this has never happened before. We need to bring in an earthman as an expert. Let's get yeah. them to sort it out. But I think that and this is this is one of the things that when I went on the internet to read about this book and realize you read it before <laughs> and realize i read it before but also uh it was very difficult for me to find anything where people actually talk about anything specific because most of the things that people talk about is very much oh here's a review of this book which is mainly like uh um uh, just an overview of what happens and there what you just said they called in the earthman no not they one person Called in the Earthman. It was oh, right. one person, not they, yeah, not the yeah, Solarians. And everywhere in all the reviews, it always being said, oh, they called in the Solarians. Yep. And that is not true. It was one person who deemed it important to get a view from the outside world. Yeah. And I think that is often really overlooked in this because it isn't. And, and this is also why I think that you're slightly wrong, because I think on this planet, there have been these things before, but they weren't discovered and they weren't seen as such. Right. Because what we know is if something happens, the robots come in and immediately clear up everything. 
And just in these circumstances, the circumstances were so different. And on top yeah. was this one person yeah. who had some okay. suspicion about something. Right. And I do that get that. And that is why then it, it gets a totally different view. And this is why the whole thing, the whole time you think like, this can't be right. There can't be no murders and no things on this planet yeah. at all. No, no, it's not murder. Again, I mean, I'm not, not even not talking murder. about murders. I'm saying the first time that this is, they've ever had to bring in somebody and they've actually had to confront this as a society is when there's been a murder. Yeah. I, I just don't believe that. Like, okay, let's, let's use some examples here because I'm enjoying this conversation. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, wearing clothes everyone wears clothes right imagine a murder mystery that revolves on the fact that nobody has ever seen anyone's genitals in public ever i mean i talk about this book or no something i'm talking else. about now now in our world yeah. in our society yeah right here yeah imagine a murder mystery yeah which is based on one of the biggest taboos that we have in in our current in you the know, western in our western whatever society yeah it, which is we're <laughs> looking out the office windows. Yeah. Just imagine there's a murder mystery which is based on one of our biggest taboos, which is people wear clothes when they go outside. Yeah. Now imagine a murder mystery which is based on the fact, like some of the major motivations or some of the all, a lot of the conversations are like, yeah, and this person must have seen someone naked, and you're like, no, that would never happen. Nobody would ever go outside naked. You know, mm. like it doesn't work. Like what? possible human taboo is there which a murder mystery could logically not happen because nobody would ever not break that taboo but even conceive of someone breaking the taboo literally there's rule 34 on the internet literally type anything into google and put like is this someone's kink yes it is like everybody like everything there it's someone's kink like it's impossible to even uh, for me again i'm saying impossible i'm talking absolutes here I don't think there's an absolute. You know what I mean? And yeah, I actually but... just saw someone's someone's uh, um, a, a review because uh, I was just looking through here as well because you were talking about the reviews that you see. Yeah. And this one I read by Ziven just because it's only two lines. Yeah. Um, Today, the idea of absolute truths, especially in soci in social sciences, seems so 1957. Yes. And that is part of it. Like in the same way that the foundation is based on, oh, we just put this formula in and we can predict what human societies are going to do, like what psychohistory, like what it's going to be like in the future. You're like, all right, that's a fun thought experiment. Yeah. And it can hold up under maybe a short story and maybe three short stories that we're going to collect together into a novel. It yeah. doesn't hold up under like sustained weight of story and mystery and murder mystery expectations because even our biggest taboos which is don't show each other your penises like there's literally entire industries built around like let's look at each other's penises yes and now i want to reply to okay, all so that i'm just saying that as a thought experiment yeah yeah i'm now having a yeah. thought experiment because yeah. you are part of this society right so if there would be anything that any like I'm now abstracting very much. Like, let's say an alien race comes to Earth. Right. And they look at us and see something that we just don't see. I know. Yeah. You're so, making my point for me. The people on Solaria might as well be aliens. Yes. And they are so far away and so distant in their kind of upbringing genetic engineering right. and thought manipulation and i don't know i they yeah. are so far away that they are a different yeah kind of people yeah i understand and, all of that and now 
let me come back to my original why I started this when when I talked about tw- 2012. Right. Um, when we, you read it first time. When I read it for the first time. We did have these Skype and text messages and stuff. I don't think we at the time, did we communicate via Skype as a, a video device? Uh, was that? Probably, yeah. Like, when, when was FaceTime came? FaceTime came along like 2014 or something. Yeah, maybe. yeah. That Actually, was I don't know a little bit along. later. But... Um, now, with my knowledge and experience from the pandemic times um, and some of the topics that were being talked about in this novel, I'm not right. saying all of it, Yeah, certain things felt very much like I could totally fall into from the way that my, my, um, uh, my rational brain tells me things. For example... Now, yeah. here's a, this is not the all the world and the absolute. Yeah. There's this one factor of the breathing in the air that another person had breathed. breathed. Like yeah. it goes through their lungs, or it goes through all their mouth, all the things. And they, the Solarians, put this device in front of their nostrils yeah. to filter the air. Right. Now, during the pandemic, so, certain things we learned, right? Yeah. We also learned, and lots of scientists are now saying, the most important thing the, that the outcome of the, the pandemic and what we learn from this should be better ventilation indoors. Right. And filter systems and all these kind of things. Yeah. But I don't see that being done. I see that being done in certain places, in yeah. certain places where they do have the money to install all that and there it's being done. Yeah. And I totally would have... If if my rational brain and could work with the society around it, and yeah. I would decide about stuff, I would totally say yes. That's a great idea. Filter the air. Yes, but and we, you still like to have sex with me. Yes, that this is what it comes down to. <laughs> like it doesn't matter about all the rational stuff. It doesn't matter about all this other kind of stuff. People, human. One of the main things that human makes people humans is that they like. Hugging and yeah, physical, contact. physical contact, and that's the second thing I was, sex with I, was each other. I was going to come next to. Yeah, the thing that makes this whole my rational brain telling me yes, breathing in the air is like is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. is that at the same time you're making it? Am I making a, a stupid distinction between my closest family people? Right, right. So, and that is the thing that first in the pandemic I started seeing as. It doesn't make sense because you put trust in yeah. the people that you know. Yeah. But at the same time, they are also just other uh, people. Other people, yeah. And, uh, and to a certain extent, that trust doesn't do anything um, no more than going out and trusting other yeah. people. And But they are your family and you see them as, oh, I can trust these people yeah. that they breathe in clean air and not air with viruses yeah. in them but of course not yeah but, but it's like i i can all see this desire of distancing myself from people this is what no, no, I, like, I, I i like i enjoyed the i don't have to see people during yeah. the pandemic you like the working from home bit i like the working from home okay, bit so uh, you like the working from home bit but now you have to believe for this novel to have worked you have to believe that 100% of everybody else is exactly like you and also and this is really important you could never even imagine other people who might want to go into the office to work or see other people or have sex with someone or anything like that knowing yes. that 
everything about human history is based on people like like in this book there's this thing where they go to the baby farm or the the child farm and they've got all these children running around and they're all like playing together and stuff and i'm like and, and apparently by the time they get to teenagers, like they're suddenly like they don't have any sex drive and they're not interested in the other people. And they're not like going into the bushes and, and doing all the stuff that I tried doing with girls when I was 12 years old. You know, like like every like every like and they say, oh, we're going to make it all the way down. We're going to make it so like people are going to be wanting to like just be born. And almost immediately they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to be around anyone. I'm going to shut myself off. Yes. But like. I just, it's one of those things that it's really difficult for me to see a path yeah. from t- teenagers hanging out with each other, unsupervised by anyone but robots and yes. some and, and humans who don't even like being around them, to like not sucking each other off and yes. whatever and touching each other's boobs. Like, I just don't, it just, like, the whole thing doesn't make sense. I understand. And now here's another point for, for me where right. I think why where this is what is behind the thought process behind this okay so we do know on our planet right now there's a certain group of people you're gonna do more um, yes brain cannon head cannon here no 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 no, not only not only that there's <laughs> not only there that. is a group of people who don't like physical contact who are introverts enough that they are totally happy and fine not to not to uh, be around people be around them like with via devices there is this group of people there's also people exist who are asexual that is also an existing group of people now i think as like asimov who probably didn't know all this now um he imagined a self-selected group of people and also his his thinking is that all of this is genetic right so you have this group of people you take them out they go somewhere totally secluded and they establish this society yeah. then they start no no listen listen they start breeding and in the end what we learn in this story is that the thing that they think where they succeeded the most was this deranged scientist guy who clearly wasn't quite Oh, right. Yeah. And in many ways, even in the physical appearance, he was described as this, there's something really not good about this, yeah. this breeding experiment where they where they end. The thing is where they want to end up and where they end up is not healthy and not human at all. Yeah, yeah. This is where this is all going. I know. This I understand. The, I what understand, he is saying. I understand well. all of that. However, and this is a, 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 a bit of a however, because we don't meet everybody on Earth and everyone on Earth isn't meant to be a monolith. Yes. But we do have the same kind of thing on Earth as well, where people haven't been selected for. There aren't bred. There isn't the eugenics program. There isn't arranged marriage and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. But we're made to believe that there's the same kind of what was Zivan's uh, comment here as well. Oh, I scrolled away from it. Why did I scroll away from it? The um, the idea of absolute truths, especially in social sciences, yeah. is also true, not on Solari. It's also true in other places as well. Yes. That there's absolute truths in the social sciences uh, from the point of uh, Elijah Bailey coming from Earth. Yeah. Because there are um, absolute truths there. You know, it could just be like the absolute truth of... Um, of the time system that the way there's clocks that there's only mm. one time zone so if you go outside it doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime yeah but then that's not continued on to say well what would society be like if the whole world gets up at one time and everyone goes to bed at the same time yes. and like what does a night shift what does day and night even mean if you know yeah. what i mean and of course that kind of plays with it caves of steel naked sun of course. like i like some of that exploration yeah but again it's this 
I don't mind absolute truths. What I, I even in social sciences and mm. stuff, what I do mind is when a murder mystery and a whodunit plot mm. relies on those absolute truths. Yes. And that's the interplay. Like, again, there's so many thought experiments. You know, this is, that's what science fiction is all about. Like, what would it be like? What would a society be like, like this be like, you yeah. know? Yeah. And again, there's ways of getting into it. The, yeah. the easiest way is Stranger in a Strange Land or you get the, the outsider coming in and learning about it. Yeah. What was unsatisfying with that is that Elijah Bailey turns up and immediately didn't start learning anything. It was mm. really frustrating that the robot was like oh yeah i discovered this and i read this and i know this and he's like oh when did you learn that it's all like why, when was it gonna tell anyone gonna tell me and i was like you are a professional detective yeah. your job is to read the reports know about the science do a bit of sociology do this kind of stuff yeah. and he doesn't do any of it yeah and that's the annoying thing i'm like how can somebody this unknowledgeable and this incurious just be like right let's let's start doing the interviews and i'm like what like yeah. you've never been to this planet you've yeah. never been in space before this is the first time it's taken you a month to get there i don't even know how long it's yeah. like didn't you read a book about solaria in the entire month that you set off no i think he did but he totally discarded anything he read in it <laughs> he didn't know that people like he got there and he didn't know that there was this 3d technology that was good enough to do it and i was like right. oh maybe okay. that's state secrets but yeah. the people there didn't treat it like state secrets or like no. nobody is allowed to know how we live here or anything no. like even they even said oh when you go there be a spy learn about it or see what you can find out about it yeah. and immediately weaknesses... gets there and he's like well don't care what anyone thinks don't do this i just want to start interviewing people yeah. about this murder i'm like you like you I just waltz in he just waltzes in and <laughs> there's this thing where like oh the the person who was murdered had an assistant why didn't anyone tell me he had an assistant and i was like fucking that's your job you ask about that like it's one of those things i'm like do you fucking do you ask if like oh who did he work with right let's make a list of the who did who was his family members like i've never solved a murder mystery before but it feels like the most basic thing to be like who are the cast of characters like it you know that's what agatha christie can do so well or you know we were just watching like the the um the the glass onion yeah the one thing that they do is they turn up and actually the glass onion did it twice around and you know yes. the uh the other one does it as well like you turn up and there's like there's like two different stage or three different stages of character introduction in the glass onion yeah with benoit blanc before he even turns up we see this place where it's happening in lockdown and there's this skype meeting or you know facetime meeting and they're all got a box and yeah. each one of them is introduced and then like the next scene they appear and they all turn up and they're all introduced one more time like in here's person. this person yeah. here's this person, yeah. here's this person. Yeah. and they're all turned up and then they arrive on the island and then they meet um elon norton whatever his name is ed norton yeah and he um and then we get introduced to all of those characters again, yeah. and Jeff, who's just hanging out in yes. the background as well. Like yeah. we have, like the cast of characters are introduced to us four times, and yeah. of course they're not all murder suspects because we know they can't be. But there's going to be more murders, there's yes. going to be whatever stuff going on. But like that's what you have to do. And imagine Benoit Benoit Blanc going in there and being like, "There's like five people over there," and he's sort of like, "All oh, right." Doesn't ask them the names, doesn't everything. Like, and when he talks to them, he's not like, "Is there like a sixth person around here?" Like, wh who, what, he? Uh, uh, well, like, it's it's so annoying to me that like it kind of breaks down. This this novel breaks down in all those ways. I thought that it was very made clearly clear that Elijah Bailey, sure, he he's not the greatest guy. He he's very like he has lots of flaws. First of all, that's being put plainly. Yeah. Um, and also, it is being put very clearly that he's kind of like 
so like he, his his superior tells him one day and the next day he flies off to Solaria yeah. and he doesn't have the time to prepare and to access the things when and he arrives, yes when he, he arrives yes three questions yeah, but he from his perspective and from his work his way to work he is starting these processes and he is asking the questions and then he finds out about the uh, the person and then he wants to see them and then he wants to find the, a doctor he wants to find a sociologist uh, and then you know he he from his perspective he does all that he just, just from your perspective so he doesn't badly. yes he no, does the, but again and, what i'm trying to say is the book only works if you have these two things in mind that he, everyone is there is an alien who doesn't work how aliens work including Elijah Baylor because yes. he, he isn't how we think human no. should work no, no, no. there's all these robots around which like act like not like humans but like again also not humans but also they don't act as robots uh, they as don't we act would, as robots no, are yes. you. and also it's a mystery novel where you have to accept that the main the main character is really bad at this yeah. that the novel isn't giving you all the information that you need because it needs to stretch out this thing which should be a short story into you know something which is going to take eight hours to listen to as an audiobook yeah and it just means that i've got i'm spending time with incompetent inhuman not particularly pleasant people yes. with someone who's incompetent at their job talking to other incompetent people and at the end kind of solves the mystery and doesn't do his job and then doesn't do this other job and i'm like what did we learn there yeah and i think what we learned there is that this is like not for me wasn't a good book after, despite the fact that there was lots of stuff that he enjoyed listening to, yeah, like Isaac Asimov, uh, most of his books are two people standing in, like sitting in a room or standing in a room talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, two scientists talking to each other. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. You know, a, a detective and a robot talking mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the two to three people standing in a room together talking yeah. to each other. It's all fine. It feels like great stage plays. Yeah, it feels like um, a stage play. I I do agree yeah. with uh, the notion of this feelings but for me what th- this book mainly is is this exploration of of these of these ideas and what it does to me and what yes. uh, how I think about it and the conversations yes. we have about it and the way that it now changed for me having lived through a, a pandemic and where there's a a, a whole huge a, amount of people who feel like certain things is going against their freedoms and then at the same time not the same amount of group of people now living very secluded yeah you want to live in a cave of steel you see that's the kind of like the way that you would see humanity the the society would you would see the people who are like oh no mask and it's all like wow my freedom whatever there's this group of people but at the same time you would expect there be a a same amount of other people on the other side saying like on the other end of the bell curve other side of the bell curve saying like oh i'm not gonna wear masks all the time i'm I'm putting my house in like oh i'm gonna find other minded people and we're gonna move into a village where every house is uh, heavily ventilated and i'm not gonna see anybody who doesn't have a a, a thing in their nostrils breathing you would think that yeah I don't. I don't. Maybe I don't know about these people. Maybe they do exist, but yeah, it's they, all like, go, they all go and live in Patagonia. <laughs> oh no, that's the other one. 
Yeah, but you you do understand. Like for me, it is the the the, the pandemic we just lived through, and it's not the first one. We we had this whole thing happening a hundred years ago, and yeah. the circumstances. And you could look at that and go, mm, "This yeah. is going to take three years, and everyone's <laughs> going to get sick of it, and we're going to like everyone's going to stop wearing masks because they're sick of wearing masks after three years and yes. just live with it." And I understand all that, but I I sometimes look at this the way people act, and I'm baffled in 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 certain ways that I and it's surprising, but. But at the same time, it is not surprising. It's not surprising. And here's the thing: human, human. There are multitudes. You know, humanity can tell. There's, there's, there isn't, there isn't a single human. If you know what I mean. No, I there understand. Isn't, there isn't one brain. But at the same time, even I, my brain isn't one brain because it changes all the time. Of course, and, and but at the same time, if I now look over to Japan. Uh, I've read somewhere that like 60, even after all the mask mandates and all the things were dropped officially from the government, yeah. 60% of people still decide from their own will and decision things yeah. that they are still going to wear masks, even yeah. outdoors, even like around people. And and I think if we look for more in these directions, we do see other ways of how humans isn't it amazing that you know what it's like or what some a, a little fact about what it's like now in japan isn't that crazy imagine you having any amount of curiosity that this fact has entered your life and then you're like oh yeah in, in japan it's like this this novel relies on nobody like you existing that that everyone anyone's even going to know about something in, in another you culture. would be surprised how many humans out there mm-hmm just don't care. They no, are not interested. No, here's and the they thing. Don't, no, they no, are no. Not here's the thing. Curious. I wouldn't be surprised. That's literally my point. I'm not surprised by any group of people displaying any human variation of activity or anything at all like that. That's my point. I'm not surprised. That's the. That's my main point. There is never a time when I would say, like, if any amount of human behavior and going against taboos or any form of taboos or anything like that, there's nobody that there's nothing about that that I would be surprised by. And I certainly wouldn't base a, a, like a murder investigation on it or say, oh, that could never happen. Or like if a detective asked me, would you believe like put just consider this as a hypothetical there isn't any part of me going oh no no, no that would never happen i'd say oh it's, it's unlikely maybe one in a thousand one in a million yeah. and there's less than a million people here so it's unlikely in that way <laughs> but even on earth if there's a one in eight billion chance yeah it's, it's we've gonna got, happen no it's not gonna happen but we've got it's like more than it's more i don't actually know how the probability would yes. work out but you know it's that kind of thing like how many people do you have to have before two of them are going to share a birthday and you're like oh it's going to be loads it's like no there's 23 people or whatever yeah, it is like yeah. when you get more than 23 people yeah. it's now more than 50 percent likely that two of them are going to share a birthday yes. and you're like that's insane it's like no it's not insane just again it's statistics yes. you know yeah. and do statistics exist yes they exist and there's the pigeonhole theory and all this other kind of stuff yeah. where like how likely is it that two people have in london what was the thing two people in london have the same number of hairs on their head it's sort of like a hundred percent like that there isn't <laughs> there isn't a world in which two people in london can't like that like two people wouldn't have it do you know yes it's very unlikely that any two people have the same number of hairs in the head but when you get up to population scales yeah again there's what is it the, the idea of absolute truths especially in social sciences seems so 1957 and it does and at the same time me now 12 11 years later after i've read this book yeah having different experiences, yeah. I do think that Isaac Asimov in 1957, the way he 
imagines things yeah. and explores things was very thought provoking to me. Yeah, I think so too. In the form of short stories, and then we don't yeah, have to spend this uh, okay, much time. Okay, you but understand on what I'm top, saying. Yeah. On top of that comes we go somewhere, we are on holiday, we listen to this book, and I totally admit that all these factors add to the enjoyment yeah. of uh, of of a book like that yeah. to me. And because we don't read it in one big like continuous listening yeah. session, are we in the we are actually, we in the rating of the book section here? Yeah. What how, what's your subjective rating of how much you enjoy to listen listening to this audiobook with me on a, on a, a fun road trip and seeing flowers and uh, in in the Netherlands? I enjoyed fields. Really nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm now I'm more hesitant now no, to no, give no, no, it no. five Here's stars. I'm, I, you want to give this book five stars? I gave it five stars. You gave in it five stars. Tw- 2012. In yes, 2012, I, you gave it five stars. And how much would you want to give it now? Be totally honest with this, because again, like I'm, I've I've panned this book. I enjoyed listening to this book. Yeah. It was fun for me to listen to the audiobook of this. Yeah. There was no point when I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Except the whole time I'm thinking, this isn't a very good mystery. Um, <laughs> this guy is incompetent what he's doing. I don't believe any of these people are human. And I can't, it's difficult for me to understand that this, someone wrote a whole novel based on this 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 idea, yeah. this premise. I mean, that, that there are absolutes in social sciences. If it would have been said. like a, a 24 hour long book, I would have said the same thing. But yeah. it was like, what, seven hours? Yeah, and we split it up and said, it almost feels give me a like a novella. Give me a number. Mm, four. Four stars. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm giving to give it like two and a half stars. Let's round, let's, let's make it a, a three and a half star book. Say. Okay. Is that all right? Yes. Which people aren't going to expect when they hear me uh, talking about not. this. Probably not. Either way, let's give it three and a half stars. Uh, another thing I just noticed here. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. I can't see their name. Oh, the name's over here. The the website's so shit. Goodreads website shows it. So shit these days. Ronald. He says, another classic of science fiction finished. Another classic that you know was written mid last century. The main character calls robots boy and enjoys bossing the robots of other, <laughs> yes. of the other world around, even causing them pain. The whole eugenics thing was kind of creepy looking back from the actual future. Yes. And oh my goodness. And I, I think I must have mentioned this maybe on episode 500, but I, I think I was talking to you about the maybe some of the robot stuff. It's mm. like really weird how like those some of those robot short stories explicitly talk about robots as being slaves and use yes. very explicit slavery language yeah and and, it, and it's weird that now our, our hero is like you boy and i'm like yeah. okay i get like i get what you're doing asimov yeah yeah but but like ha, but even then how was that not tone deaf but also what i what what the, in this book was yeah. very very clearly put forward is that yeah. he is very aware of what he's doing yeah he he even addresses that oh um uh, at home i uh, these 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 servant robots i yeah. call them boys even yeah. though he knows yeah. that that isn't how yeah. he should do it That's and, what saying, and his, his bossing the robots of other world around and daniel yeah. oliver yeah he is treating him differently, knowingly. Yeah. He doesn't call him boy. Yeah. But even though he knows it's... it's Because well, he looks like a human. Yeah. And is his friend or something? I don't know. Anyway, it's... Again, Asimov was being explicit about that. Yes. Literally, there's one of the stories which is called Let My People Go, which yeah. is like a very clear slaves in yeah. Egypt leaving whatever stuff like that. Yeah. Of course, the end of that story is that they kill all of the robots who are like, let my people go. And they're like, you're all dead. And they're like, mm. so we're siding with the 
human. And yeah. Asimov is a is a you know he's he's a wide enough he's got a big enough brain that he can write stories about like I said we did, talked about this one about strike action and it's mm. like is this pro union or is it mm. anti union? Is it mm. pro strike? Is it mm. is it pro crossing the picket line yeah. or is it talking about the real world that a lot of the picket line stuff is about publicity and you've got to use the publicity and yeah. draw attention to stuff? That's what strikes are for. Yeah. You know, and where does the pressure come from? Is the pressure coming from nobody's doing this work anymore except the scabs or is the pressure we want you know external media to look at you know yeah. all of this kind of stuff and it's sort of like that's what he's grappling with in this book it felt like there was no grappling with this all of the other yeah. fun stuff in those short stories which are like hey are we doing slaves is, yeah. we, is this slavery again yeah like, it's not quite as explicit but i think he does do this very much with the eugenics yes on this and one. the eugenics like, is there like huge. it is there yeah. but just the way it's addressed sort of like oh and our main character is the pro-slavery one question mark but it isn't because they're robots and they're not yeah. humans so you yeah. can treat them like that but then it's sort of like why are we bringing in explicit slavery language to do this when at this point this do- does this have something to do with the story like is this the theme that we're exploring like you did in those short stories mm-hmm. where you're where it's about you know uh, uh, is is the israelites in egypt yeah. and you know it- uh, explicitly using slave language to talk about these kind of things and the robots wanting to be free like this like slavery yeah. and here it feels like mindless and that's why it becomes across as tone deaf it, it does feel like because our main character no like it's it, it is being explained uh, one sentence yeah. Just in one sentence here. But I think it's one of those things where, where Isaac Asimov likes like, okay, he he puts this in but he knows in other books he's explored that, so now he's yeah. not going to go further yeah, into this saying. because he wants other things to be more explored in this yeah. book than this, in others. This book would be way more appropriate for modern times mm. if inst- um if instead of every time he says you boy yeah. he just said you robot yeah if it changed that one yeah, word yeah, yeah, yeah. and exactly. suddenly like 90 percent of the racist overtones yes would be gone from this book and i could just relax and, every time he interacts with the robot and also coming from the previous book the state yeah. cave of steels it would feel like their word would have been a character development yes which from this book now we know there it, has no character <laughs> there is a little thought yeah. Like blink in him that he recognizes his own yeah. racism towards the robots. He does realize that, but he there isn't enough development of him then yeah. actively overcoming it. But here's the thing: I don't think it is actual racism. If if no, here's the thing: I don't think it's actual racism. If you actually, here's the thing: it's racist by analogy. Which doesn't need to be there. It's it's yeah. my same issue when people are like, oh, the X Men are a really great thing about like coming out as homosexual or racism or anything like this. I'm another, and mm. I'm like, yeah, but you do realize that the X Men in they have powers where they can just kill people by looking at them, and they can destroy cities by they can accidentally destroy cities, and they yeah. can take over other people's minds. It's sort of like there's a reason why the humans are afraid of these people, you know. It, and I don't mind that people can identify with it and all this other kind of stuff, but it's one of those things where like. There is an analogy going on here, mm. and this—if you deep, if you dive too deep into the analogy, it does break down because yeah. it's an analog. It's not yeah. the actual thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's a, it's but a, it's a shadow a, of it. I don't have a word for it. Yes, I know, but that's the thing. When I say, "Oh, is he no longer going to be racist?" It's like, no, actually, there is a difference here because robots aren't humans. Yes, and they are—they don't have the free will of humanity and all these other kind of things. And it doesn't make it less problematic. It just makes it that I can't. I, it's it's difficult for me to apply the word racist to him except for the fact that he uses 
in our real world, really racist language yes. that he, when I read this for a book first when I was 14, didn't realise quite so much, yeah. you know, yeah. just because, you know, I, I not, wasn't exposed to that, like um, Amer- specifically American history or the, the, the language of racism in America, yeah. calling people boy. Like I didn't even yeah. understand that when I first read these books. Yeah. Um, no, I did I- understand the let my people go uh, slavery thing, but yes. not some of the others. Um, so I'm just saying, if that wasn't included, that analogy wouldn't be being forced into my face all the yeah, time. No, I, I get that. Yeah. But as I said, the the only way for me to talk about it because I yeah. don't have another word is yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. There isn't another okay. way to talk about it. Another point, and uh, and I that was really interesting because this morning I just read an article about the. Um, uh, Silicon Valley and eugenics there, and the way that like it's a it's a really crazy one. Yeah, and if you the, go the and uh, read about it, it's, oh ah yeah. oh this, this yeah. idea of oh uh, we have to breed the smart people, which means because the they white don't, people because yes because they don't breathe enough in comparison to the other. Oh, it's the, so cringy. The brown people, yeah. And and it so, feels so this, weird to say that, but that's what and, they were thinking. And, and this morning, I read about <laughs> yeah. this connection of yeah. the rich people having these thoughts, and then this yeah. book, and and I think this is one of the very strong themes of of the the Naked Sun is also this this idea of you can breed or like by genetic yeah. selection you can make the it, yeah it's whatever a it comes from the, the idea we the have purity the, of it yeah. Yeah, yeah. even cool. when that sociologist says, oh, we're actually like Sparta here. So mm. we're the, the Spartans were mm. the, the uh, ruling class. And mm. then they had all of these, how does it say, non-Spartan mm. slaves. They had the slaves mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and it's one of those weird things that there's a lot of glorification of us about Sparta. It's sort of like, oh, no, the, all those Spartans were brought up as child soldiers. You know, yeah. they were like these kids. Traumatized. Were, they were traumatized, raped by each treated. other. They're like, oh, this man love. It's sort of like, nah, probably like, you know, violent rape until you like and we and everyone who didn't do that was killed mm. so it's sort of like this you know mm. child soldier indoctrin- indoctrination yeah. and then to become a full like member of the spartan army you had to go out and kill some uh, kill a slave like yeah. you would, it was just you had to go out and murder some slaves yeah. non-spartans to and prove then, yourself to prove yourself yeah. there'd be a hunt on and they'd go out and and hunt slaves and you're like and this person's like we're like sparta and this is good Yes, and in the book you're like, eh, what? Like, so again, yeah. it's it's difficult to read a book from yeah, like sixty, no, fifty six, more than sixty years mm-hmm. ago, seventy years ago, yeah. whenever. Um, actually, I made a note of it in a in a different one. So yeah, sixty six years ago from the Naked Sun until yeah. now, yeah. It, it's one of those things where you go, oh, the book isn't racist. It's just it's using racist language. It, yeah. It's talking about eugenics, but it isn't. It's not like pro or a con. It's just like these days, a book like this is. It would be difficult to. I mean, you just wouldn't get away with writing this book because you'd be like, "Hey, what about this language?" You know, this whole thing about sensitivity readers. Mm. You know, mm. they'd be like, "Do you want your main character to be like pro racism or like the he's the racist character?" Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. he's like the most racist person here. And you'd be like. And that's your main character that we're meant to be rooting for. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, ah, let's uh, let's let's workshop this a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there are other themes that I I didn't even. Get yeah, but there's into loads that. of stuff that we haven't even talked about in this. Yes, book. but anyway, um, I, st- I still think it was worth listening, and yeah. I had fun listening to yeah. it. And uh, I, I think it's a good it. time to now uh, wrap it up. We had a good discussion about it. I yeah, think. I talked about following us on Instagram early and being patrons. So uh, mm-hmm. head over to Goodreads, and I can become become my friend, and I can see what you thought about this book. Yeah, for example. Ziven rated it three stars. Um, let's see who else rated it. Oh, displaying one to twelve reviews. Just show me the reviews. 
Yeah, lots of people rated it four stars. Uh, a few people three stars. Michael three stars. Ronald three stars. Alexander four stars. Uh, Julie Davis rated it four stars. Uh, a few other people as well four stars. Yeah, generally th- between three and four five. A few people five stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm now it. going to next go to Goodreads and uh, update my um, downgrade your ranking to my... four stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever did. I ever rate this book? No, because I I must have read it like before, before doing the, the SF, yeah. SFB up and the before last time Goodreads and yeah, before, all this before Goodreads existed. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time I read this book. Again, yeah. it was like twenty something years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's wrap it up there. Our next review is going to be Journey to the Center of the Earth because that's an audiobook that I just finished. We yes. can do that review anytime that Juliana has next has the energy to do that yeah should probably be tomorrow or monday evening or something like that i don't know tomorrow we have a full day okay not tomorrow no monday then whatever we'll do it at some i point. have a full day monday as well and uh, tuesday okay and- i'm not gonna wait until next weekend to do it it's gonna be a short one because i've got not got a lot to say because it's a it's another book. okay we will take one afternoon next weekend where uh, next week where yeah, i don't yeah, yeah. have an additional and we'll do a thing fif- we'll do a 15 minute podcast we'll do a short yes it, we don't need to do talk uh, in circles for uh, one hour and 11 no, minutes no we don't right, that's it from us thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye